0: Most of the farmers who join Certified Naturally Grown are joining in part because this is how they farm. It reflects their values. They're committed to working in harmony with nature, and they want to get some credit for that beyond just saying so. They want a certification to verify that this is how they farm.
1: Welcome to the Virginia Foodie Podcast where we lift the lid on the craft food industry and tell the stories behind the good food, good people, and good brands that you know and love. If you've ever come across a yummy food brand and wondered how did they do that? How did they turn that recipe into a successful business? Then we've got some stories for you. Hello, foodies. Welcome to the podcast. I'm George Steering, and I provide marketing strategy and coaching for good food brands. I work with good food brands because I believe that the only way to heal the earth is to make it profitable to be good, sustainable stewards of our planet. And when you're in the good food industry, the USDA organic label seems to be the hallmark certification. Yet it is just one of many badges that a brand may wear, depending on their category, their market, or their target audience. One badge I've seen pop up at small markets is Certified Naturally Grown. I was curious to understand exactly what that label means and what it should signal to a shopper. So I went straight to the source and reached out to Alice Varon, Executive Director of Certified Naturally Grown. And in our conversation, I learned a lot about CNG's peer-reviewed certification, what wearing that badge means to their target customers, and how CNG has been transforming local markets for 20 years. Today, Alice shares the story of the private nonprofit organization and how it has been walking side-by-side with the USDA Organic Program since 2002. Listen in and learn more about the seal. Your brand may be in the right place to work with certified naturally grown products. Hello, and welcome to the podcast, Alice. I'm so glad that you joined me today. I have been bumping into your organization and your certification for a while. And so it's great for me to speak directly to the source.
0: Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm so glad to share a little bit about what we've been up to.
1: Well, the very first thing I always do is put my guests on the spot and ask Mm -hmm. you to tell our listeners who you are and what your organization does.
0: Okay, great. So my name Alice Barron, and I'm the Executive Director of Certified Naturally Grown. I've been doing this now for 17 years, mm. and I got involved when I was in the Mid-Hudson Valley of New York, where the organization started, and have been growing and building with it ever since.
1: Oh, wow. 17 years. That's great. Now, I wanted to ask you, I'm in Virginia. Are you still in New York, or where are you yes. headquartered?
0: Well, it's hard to say. We have four staff, each in different states. So we're pretty geographically distributed. I am still in New York, and I guess legally that is our headquarters. (laughs) Okay.
1: (laughs) So you do serve the entire country, which is great. Mm -hmm. I've run across you mostly with local brands to me here in Virginia. So Certified Naturally Grown, I have seen it as a badge that shows up in the marketplace. Can you talk about what that means and what that means to a product that carries it? Absolutely.
0: So for customers seeing the Certified Naturally Grown badge, it's an assurance that the food was grown without any synthetic chemicals or GMOs with attention to soil and ecological balance. And our standards are actually based on the organic standards. And then as an independent nonprofit organization, we've modified them in some ways. but It's a real assurance of ecological integrity for those who are looking for that in the food they purchase.
1: Were you talking about high standards there? Can you elaborate on that a little bit? Yeah, absolutely.
0: We do tend to draw very passionate farmers to certified naturally grown who have extremely high standards for themselves. And sometimes that comes out in the inspection process where they want to have the folks they're doing the peer review for have those same high standards and sometimes. That's a challenge for other farmers, and we feel like that's a perk of the program is that our members do help each other level up, but we also have a baseline for those who are just getting started.
1: So you mentioned USDA organic certification. What's the difference? If you're following their standards, what's the difference?
0: Yeah, good question. The main difference is in our certification model. It's tailored for direct market farmers who are growing food for their local and regional communities. So we put a premium on making sure that the program is accessible in terms of how much it costs and how much paperwork is required. But in terms of standards, there's really very little difference. It's tinkering around the edges. So there was a question about whether the paper pot transplanter would be allowed. And that's something that's been extremely valuable for direct market farmers. It saves a lot of labor. And that's something we allowed from the get-go. And recently, the organic program allowed it it's nice to have the ability to make those adjustments more quickly than the National Organic Program can do. But the main difference, it really is our certification model that relies on peer review inspections. So those are carried out by other farmers in the area. And it's a great way for farmers to connect with one another and share their knowledge and grow and learn from the experience of having that peer review inspection.
1: I'm familiar a little bit with organizational certification in that I've worked with bigger brands that participate in manufacturing certifications and things like that. Your model of peer review means the neighbors are really the ones looking at what's happening. Mm-hmm. How does a farmer become a reviewer? Mm.
0: Well, that's a cool thing about our certification program is that participation in the program involves more than just getting the label, you actually have to be engaged and agree to conduct an on site peer review. Now, in the early years, we want folks to go through the training that we've developed, the peer review class that provides support in how to conduct a robust peer review inspection. So, ideally, it's another CNG farmer who conducts the peer review inspection, but it can be a certified organic farmer or another farmer in the Area who uses natural practices. And I know for a lot of folks that might raise questions like, well, how do you make sure it's a good one? We really lean in on transparency and offer support as much as is needed for that process. But we actually post the inspection reports on our website. Each of our members has a profile. And so it's very clear who did the inspection, when was it done when was their last inspection and the farmer conducting the peer review has to indicate their affiliation so there's an incentive to do a good job because it's <laughs> it's going to be known who passed this farmer if they really shouldn't have been passed we usually will find that out but everyone also really wants to do a good job because especially the CNG farmers they are invested in the quality of the program so the real issue for us is when farmers are like no no you can't do that and the fact is it's something they might not do. They might have standards that for themselves that say, no, I would not use that practice, but it's not technically prohibited. So Mm. we actually need to sometimes say, all right, it's actually not prohibited, but you can pass them.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. Okay, so basically there's a bit of an honor system there, but you're posting the results. And so someone could object. Have you had that happen?
0: Once in a while, yeah. Someone will contact us saying they have concerns about a farmer's practices and we follow up. We get as much information from that person. And then we contact the farmer and ask them what are their practices. In fact, can they explain why we might have received this complaint and we sort it out.
1: That's kind of interesting. Now, I know also because I've had clients who are USDA organic certified. It's a pretty rigid certification process. It sounds like you may, I don't want to say the word flexible, but I guess the word you used was accessible. It was a mm-hmm. little bit easier. Is it less expensive?
0: Yes. That's one way we're more accessible for sure. Our recommended dues, there are annual dues. We recommend 200 or more per year and leave it up to the member to determine the exact amount based on the scale of their operation. And then we have monthly plans if folks want to do it on a monthly basis automatically from their card. But It's definitely for most farmers more affordable than organic. There is a cost share program that really helps with organic farmers. I think it's really a question of what is the right certification for a farmer. And sometimes cost is a factor. It's also less focused on paperwork, but in terms of the standards required production standards, I would not say there's a significant difference. If anything, a lot of our farmers do have much higher standards than the organic practices. And that's something that we like to support, but it's not a question of, well, if you're trying to go from conventional to organic, then CNG is your midpoint. That's actually not the case. You have to be ready to farm according to organic and CNG standards in order to be CNG.
1: Okay. So it's not a transitional program that I've heard a lot from farmers. Again, I don't work directly with farmers, but I've heard a lot that getting from, I'm going to say traditional farming mm-hmm. or what is now the norm in this mm-hmm. country over to organic farming is kind of a lengthy and hard process and a little expensive to make these changes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It is
0: hard to make the transition from conventional to organic and we do want to support that. Right now, I think most of the farmers who join Certified Naturally Grown are joining in part because this is how they farm. It reflects their values. They're committed to working in harmony with nature, and they want to get some credit for that beyond just saying so. They want a certification to verify that this is how they farm. So it would be great for us to support conventional farmers in making that transition. It's a big leap, not just financially to become certified organic, but It's a knowledge-intensive occupation to farm this way. And so conventional farmers really need support in making that transition as well.
1: Are there programs that you offer at this time for them? We
0: are focused primarily on folks who are oriented towards ecological farming and want to learn to do it better and more efficiently. And we would like to modify those programs to support conventional farmers down the road for sure.
1: So I'm going to flip this around again and just get back to the consumer who's buying these products. And I just want to hear you state it again. What would a consumer expect from a CNG seal as opposed to a USDA organic seal?
0: Yeah, good question. They can expect food that was grown without synthetic chemicals or GMOs by a local farmer. With the organic seal, sometimes it's grown by a local farmer, but very often it's grown by a farmer using those same practices who's in another state or across the country. So the CNG seal is going to be found in local markets more than in, say, a big box grocery store.
1: So I'm going to throw another question at you then about local, and that is, how far do you consider local? It's always a question that comes up. Yeah, yeah.
0: We don't set a firm definition. I think for us, the question is, what are the markets that the farmer is trying to sell into? And if they're selling at a farmer's market or an independent grocer, I think CNG is an excellent fit for them. Okay. If they want to sell to Whole Foods, they should probably look into organic.
1: Okay. I was going to say that because Whole Foods really, they don't recognize CNG as a thing for mm-hmm. qualification. Whole Foods has some pretty stringent standards about that organics label. Like if you are not a hundred percent organic, you can't have the word organic anywhere on the packaging. You can't have on the front face at this time.
0: That's right. And that's by federal law. And that's fine. I think we have a program for farms that want to sell at Whole Foods and that's the certified organic program. And if that's not a market folks are looking to get into, and there's a lot of folks growing on three acres for their local community, they don't need that label. They are very happy to just sell to their local independent grocer at farmers markets through a food hub. And for them, certified naturally grown is a really great fit. Mm -hmm. It's also important for those independent grocers who are looking to source food that's both grown organically and also is local. And what they've found is that if they insist on only certified organic, they're going to lose out on buying from some local farmers who are doing really good work to produce high quality food without harming the environment. So CNG is a good solution there. So then they can bring in those farmers who would like to sell there, but just can't justify the leap of going into the cost and the paperwork commitments of certified organic, but are very committed to those practices. So CNG provides a solution.
1: That's great. So you've been doing this for 17 years. What can you say about consumer education? Do you think the market is as aware of your program as the USDA stamp? No, not
0: yet. (laughs) We're working on it. It's a big project.
1: (laughs) Yeah. We could use
0: your expertise in that front (laughs) because it is a challenge to reach people who eat food or even people who care about what they eat. That's still a pretty large group of folks. So organic is definitely better known. Uh And we're glad for that awareness. But even with the organic program, I think there's a need for better education about what exactly does it mean? And I think that people do generally care. They just have full lives. And it's one more piece of information they haven't absorbed yet.
1: (laughs) Well, you've already educated me a bit because I didn't realize how closely that you followed the USDA stamps program. Mm -hmm. I did kind of have in my mind that it was sort of an interim step. I think mostly because I was only seeing it with very small brands or farms. Mm. And so I didn't quite understand that it's actually very similar. So we talked about being in markets or local grocers, but what about larger farms or value added products? Are you a good fit for business models like that?
0: Yes, we can be. It really, again, depends on what are their outlets You asked about two different groups. Larger farms is one, and it can be a good fit. Some actually certified organic farms choose to also be certified naturally grown because they appreciate how it signals that they're a local farm selling into their local communities. We do have some pretty large-scale producers who have been certified organic and found that they didn't need to maintain that, and they're happy to have the recognition that certified naturally grown brings. But again, if they want to sell into Whole Foods, they would need to keep the organic certification. With packaged good producers, yes, they certainly can. We do certify produce and not so much processed products. So it would have to be a product that is primarily made with certified naturally grown produce. So I think that that limits the packaged goods that we can do, but there's still a lot. So for example, sauerkraut, tomato sauce some lavender products that can be signaled. These are made with certified naturally grown tomatoes.
1: Okay. Here's an ask on that. The thing I thought about was pesto. Like we're in Virginia. Mm -hmm. Could a product, if they were getting olive oil from a CNG, which would be not in this state Mm -hmm. and a pesto carry that seal? Yeah,
0: Yeah. That's fun to think about. Absolutely. As long as the main ingredient is a CNG ingredient, that's fine. And I don't think that the olive oil doesn't have to be certified naturally grown. It could be certified organic, and that would be a
1: Oh, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Of course, that makes yeah. sense. Thinking of a great pesto I had from a CSA this year, and <laughs> I was like, oh, <laughs> Yum. yeah, it was very good. Yeah. I saw that you just had a big anniversary, 20 years. I'm curious, what made someone 20 years ago think this needs to exist?
0: I think it was a natural evolution of the launch of the National Organic Program. There were a lot of farmers who were very committed to farming that way. And I know this feels like ancient history now, but in 2002, A federal law took effect that mandated if a farmer wanted to use the word organic to describe their farm or their farm products, they needed to go through this new process or they'd be breaking federal law. So there were some farmers who were very committed to farming this way and wanted a way to convey their practices. So this was the alternative they created so that they didn't have to either go through that process or just stop just having a way to verify their practices.
1: Yeah. So that word organic is like a legal term now. It is. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's regulated by federal law, unless it's a very small farm selling less than $5,000 worth of products, then there's a threshold. But for someone who's running a farming business, even a modest one, they're going to eventually want to make more than that threshold. And it's important for them to verify their practices. It's also important for customers. We found at a lot of farmers markets folks may go in thinking, oh, everything here is organic. And unfortunately, that'd be great if that was true, but it's not always true. And giving farmers a way to signal to customers, actually, we're different. We're holding ourselves to a standard and that's being verified is very valuable in the marketplace, the local food marketplace.
1: Yes. I'll be honest. I have heard frustration expressed by farmers. Shoppers just don't know how intricate all these labels are. (laughs) Yeah,
0: right. And how involved it is growing food and avoiding some of those products that are so tempting. It's like, oh, we'll get rid of your aphids, just spray this on. And it's like, well, that would solve a problem. But now we've got this chemical in our food system. So to be able to give farmers credit for doing things the harder way that's providing a better product is really valuable, I think, for them and for their consumers.
1: Well, we've talked about your origin story a little bit and why you exist. I'm curious, what's next? What do you do now? You've hit this landmark. Yeah, for sure.
0: I think we're at a stage where we would like to work with our members to grow and help them succeed as a business by tapping into bigger markets, selling into food hubs and independent grocers for those who are ready to do so. And getting more visibility because most people do buy their food in grocery stores. And if we can have more CNG food on shelves, I think it would help our farmers and it would help raise awareness about what it means to be certified naturally grown and have more folks start looking for it. And we're also doing a lot more education work for our members and those who are looking to get into farming. We have a new educational series called Branching Out. It's a five-part series based on five different films focused on different farming crops, different scopes of production. And we've paired each film with an expert panel of three farmers from our community who can talk about their experience growing. Our first one is on strawberries. We looked at broiler chickens. Cut flowers is coming up this coming Monday and microgreens season-long leafy greens with Cat the Farmer, actually, in Virginia.
1: <laughs> I know and, Kat. <laughs> yeah.
0: And Broad Fork Farm also is featured. So we've got just an incredible array of really amazing farmers who are sharing their own experience as producers growing this crop. And it's been incredibly well-received because in one hour, you hear from three different producers with different scales, different sets of experiences that can help inform How another farmer would go ahead and start getting into that line of production.
1: So you're peer reviewed and you're peer
0: educated. (laughs) Absolutely. That's core. I mean, they're so intertwined. But yeah, we're really amping up the peer education because farming is so knowledge intensive and isolating. One thing we can do to really support our members is help them share knowledge with one another through these forums.
1: Well, I have to ask this is a personal question, but do you have a farming background at all? I don't have farming, certainly growing food for my family and myself and
0: working with nature is something I'm passionate about. So, I was just curious. Yeah.
1: I am yeah. terrible at growing food. <laughs> I just decided this year that I'm going to leave it to people who are better than me and then I'm going to pay them for their work. <laughs> exactly. I really
0: appreciate being able to get good food from farmers who know what they're doing. I'm better at growing organizations. So, <laughs> that's, that's where I'm putting my energy. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, could you tell our listeners how to find you? If we have curious farmers, how to get started, just a little information about how to get in touch with Certified Naturally Grown.
0: Yeah, absolutely. We'd love to hear from folks. Our website is cngfarming.org. And we also have an Instagram account and Facebook at CNG Farming, pretty straightforward. And We'll have some more educational offerings coming up this winter in February, especially for folks who are looking to get into farming. And we really welcome folks to get in touch with me directly. It's Alice Varon, V as in Victor, A-R-O-N, at naturallygrown.org. Yeah, really great to talk with you.
1: Oh, it was great talking with you too. Thank you so much. Mm -hmm. Thanks for having me. Well, I enjoyed this conversation and getting to know more about Certified Naturally Grown And if you, dear listener, enjoyed this episode, please hit the subscribe button. Liking, sharing, and leaving a review is always appreciated too. And in fact, you should make this a practice with any small brands you support, including small farms. And until next time, goodbye. Thanks for listening. And if you want to learn more about how to grow your own food brand, then click on Grow My Brand at vafoodie.com. If you're a lover of local food, then be sure to follow us. We are at VA Foodie on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Join the conversation and tell us about your adventures with good food, good people, and good brands.